So today on Mushroom Link, we're talking to Eric de Groot, who um, has an, an immense experience in working with mushrooms in many different parts of the world and has recently visited Australia to conduct some training sessions and to work with some of our companies here. So welcome, Eric. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you for taking the time to to speak to us. Um, I know it's quite late in the evening in uh, in Florida where you are. So, so I gather that you started working on mushrooms when really you were just a kid, of only fourteen years old. Yeah, well, even I think even a little bit before fourteen years. Uh, but in, in in my little village, I I, I grew up in a village of four thousand people, and there was about fifteen sixteen mushroom farms. And it was pretty normal when you when you grew up a little bit that you started working a little bit doing the simple the simple things of work that had to be done at mushroom farms. So yeah, for me it was just uh, pretty normal. And I, but I just never got out of the mushroom industry anymore. So I just always stayed in it. <laughs> That's an amazing number of different mushroom farms. Where where was this in the Netherlands? Yeah, that was in in a small village called Amersfoort, the Netherlands. Uh -huh. And that's one of the centers where a lot of the mushroom farms in the Netherlands are. So that's that's close to to Seto and Bos, where we always have the mushroom days. Um, so that's yeah, one of the centers where all the mushroom farms are gathered in the Netherlands, most of them. Okay, so um, so after that, you you worked in Spain and in other places. Is there anywhere you haven't worked on mushrooms? There still are some places, but yeah, I I moved around a little bit. So I started consultancy, lived in Spain at that time. Um, until uh, Douglas Sharippa asked me to come over to Australia to do some consultancy on his farm. And I, I decided wow. to stay out a little bit longer. So uh, I stayed in Australia for almost two years. Wow. And, and then I moved to, uh, to the United States, where I still am. But my consultancy took, took me from, from, from China to Russia, to Dubai, where we started up a mushroom farm. Uh, South America, Mexico is a big client. And, and in the United States, of course, and still Australia as well. Wow, that is an incredible range of countries. So yeah. you yeah. must see a very big variation in the in the techniques that farms are using and the sort of technologies that they have in place. Yeah, there is. There is still a lot of farms that that have a little bit, with all respect, called the old-fashioned uh, technology and more based on on phase two compost. Uh, most of the countries, uh, like like in Europe. The big countries, uh, China and also Australia, they do everything with phase three compost, which is is, is more advanced uh, technology. So how about um, the US, I gather, is still mostly using uh, wooden shelves, which are quite different to the to the style now used in, in the Netherlands and in Europe. Is yes, that correct? especially in, uh, in, in the United States and some countries in, in South America, you still find a lot of uh, wooden shelves. And that is, is one of the few countries where you still see it so much, but it, the change is coming there as well. But it's it's a little bit later than in other countries. So, um, I mean, the, that creates very different challenges in terms of pest and disease management and logistics and labour and so on with those different growing techniques. I imagine. So, I suppose the countries which have uh, adopted new technologies it tend to be ones where labour is less available. Would that be a general take? Uh, yeah, I think labor is less, avail less available in, in many parts of the world, but maybe that's why the, those other countries are catching up now as well, because they have to because of, of the shortage of labor. 
Mm. Yeah, but uh, the countries that, that really are close to the Europe, European technology is, is one of them is Australia. Uh, China did, did everything also with, with the newest technology. But especially countries like in the US, they're still a little bit behind, but catching up quickly now. So China is is really adopting these new technologies. Yes, China built uh, a few huge farms. They're just so incredibly big that where they what what a farm in in Australia does in 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 a week they do it daily. So 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 high tonnage. Um, so yeah, that's 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 really big. Yeah. But agaricus are, are certainly not their largest mushroom variety that they grow, right? They're number four or something. Uh, I don't know if it's number four, but it's uh, it, the other the, the other products is so high the consumption that and the mushrooms was something new on the market and they just started selling it pretty good from the from the beginning. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's a huge industry now. So they're expanding in China, would you say? They're still expanding, and they were a little bit uh, with the COVID time. They were a little bit stopped with expansion. I haven't been back after the COVID. Uh, later this week, I'm I'm traveling to China, so. The first time after COVID that I, I see it again, how they are doing now, yeah. Golly. So you mentioned Dubai. I'm amazed that they're growing mushrooms there. Yeah, with, with the, also with the technology of phase three compost and with the possibility that, that you can export phase three compost uh, all over the world. Yeah, countries like Dubai, where straw is not even available, they, they got the possibility to just build a farm and import the compost and, 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 and grow mushrooms. So yeah, that was one of the first farms uh, close to Dubai um, where we started up a mushroom farm. Wow, amazing. Yeah. So a lot of the work that you do tends to be around uh, training pickers and managing harvest practices, trying to create efficient procedures within mushroom farms. Where do you start with something like that? Well, I, I do kind of, of, of every work on, on the mushroom farms, so also compost and growing. But yeah, the hot issue, of course, lately is is a lot around the harvest um, because we, we started to, uh, to pick quite different the mushrooms uh, years ago. And we call that the selective harvesting technique. And and we just found that with, with that selective harvesting technique that we can we can uh, we can harvest 20 or 30 percent more on the, on the farm that doesn't that doesn't have that technique. With better quality as well, so yeah, we we implemented that that, that quickly on all the farms, and and that's something that yeah that I implement on on every farm where I uh, do consultancy. So by selective harvesting technique, do you mean a kind of graze picking where they just do a specific size, so they pick the beds more frequently, but lightly each time? Is that do I understand that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a part of it. It starts, of course, with uh, with the first few days where you have to do more separation of the mushrooms and then give them the space to grow out and then on 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 the high days on the high picking days then then you do that that grace picking and 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 farms that do that really good uh, they see the results back in in quality and yield uh, pretty quickly but it's 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 asking a lot from from the people it's it's a lot of training of course and also a lot of good supervision that you need and that's that's the hard part of it but it's 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 definitely worth for for every farm to invest in it. So there has been some thought that graze picking is kind of like tip pruning a bush, as it were, in terms of it encourages the rest of the mycelium to produce more mushrooms. Do you think that's correct, or is it just that you're getting the optimum sizes? 
Yeah, it's it's not as much that you give it uh, the opportunity for the mycelium to keep growing, but you, what you are doing with grace picking, you keep giving space on the mushrooms that are still left on the beds, and 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 they can still continue to grow because they have enough space to grow to a bigger size as well. And if you don't do that, then the mushroom loses their quality uh, quicker, and they never get to a big size. So you have to harvest them a day earlier or even two days earlier. So maybe that's. Uh, that's what they mean by that. So how often would you recommend that the pickers are going over a particular bed? As many times as you can. I know if you don't have, for example, electric picking trolleys and, and not really nice shelves, it's more difficult. But I know farms that at least do it six, seven times a day. Uh, but mm. um, the minimum for me wow. would, would be at least three three times on, on a full picking day in, in, a, in a first flush, yes? But yeah, yeah six, seven times is, is pretty normal to do that. So how do you go about training pickers to do this in terms of selecting the right size and not damaging the mushrooms? Well, you first set up, a, or you have to put an all new training program in place yourself and, um, and have your dedicated trainer that just spends the first up to a month with, with new pickers. And it's also a sort of investment of a farm, but it's definitely worth it. And, and, and until those pickers really understand the process well, you just don't let them pick with the other pickers in the room and you keep them in the, in the, in the training team before they really join the other pickers. But that's, yeah, that's, that's the only way to, to get it done perfectly yeah. and not just throw them into the room with other pickers and every picker explains them a little bit what to do, what, what in practice happens a lot. So, yeah, that's... Uh... And how would you, how do you usually recommend that you manage the, the picking in terms of uh, there's some debate about whether people should be paid according to what they pick or paid according to quality or whether you pay bonuses for teams versus individuals within those teams. Um, how do you like to, to see that sort of operation happening? Well, most farms where I see they just pay them in individually um, and based on that they always have to pay them, of course, the minimum wage, and then you can put a bonus on that. Um, you can also just pay them by every kilo they pick, and and just if they don't make that, you can still give them the minimum pay. Yeah, uh, but yeah. individually, I think works best. Some farms do it per team, which yes, if if, if it's with a, with a good idea behind, it, it's possible. But I think individually is is what what we use the most on on most of the farms that I know. I've I've come across some farms in. Europe, where they have a bonus for the individual and they have a bonus for the team, so as to yeah. discourage the the team from picking over picking the bed. Yeah, no, that makes sense because if you if you have a picker that goes help another picker later on the day, and and then she thinks, oh now I'm going to pick everything off what I can today because I don't care what's left for tomorrow, then then it comes to teamwork as well, of course. So yeah, it's 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 a good idea, and so and, and some farms do that, so yeah, that that can work as well. So we're seeing a lot of change in the industry lately with the implementation of new harvest aids. So moving belts to transfer mushrooms out of the rooms, um, various sorts of shelf arrangements, uh, even laser pointers that tell the pickers which of the mushrooms right to pick according to the size range. Uh, this represents a huge change in, in the industry, would you say? It's, it's, a, it's a big change. It has a lot of potential, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. There is even a picking robot that they hope that is available within six months, a year. I don't know uh, how soon it can be, but yeah, that would be amazing, of course. There's quite a few picking robots, it seems to me, but 
Um, yeah, but still, we're still looking for the one that that is that is uh, hundred uh, percent doing doing the right job. But yeah, with with all those uh, lights that can point out the mushroom, that can measure the size of the mushroom, um, and even look at the quality with 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 the camera, yeah, that's good news for the future. How about packing robots? Do you see much a future in that? Yeah, I saw a few packing robots working. Um, they still struggle to to see the quality. But they can pack everything already on size. So um, there's also that I know a few few people and a few companies that are working on that. In Australia, all our mushrooms are packed quite tightly with the cap up. But is that the case in other countries where you're working, or are they a bit more able to just loose fill mushrooms into into packages? But Australia is definitely one of the of the top uh, countries uh, regarding quality. I think the standards always have have been pretty high in uh, in in Australia. That's that's for sure. Um, in in Europe, it's it's comparable. I think I think uh, one of, the, of one of the countries where it's maybe still a little bit higher is Spain. That's the the, the requirements there are very high. But other countries like like United States, uh, South America, that, that those countries, it's a little bit uh, less. And so, but uh, so Australia stands out for quality for sure. That's good to know. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. It's, and it's really true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's always yeah. known for quality. That's good, um, but it does make it harder to pick to pack with a robot, I guess. Yes, because you and also even if you do it not with a robot, but you do it with the other systems that you mentioned, you always also have to, to touch the mushroom already twice. And so all those things as a grower, you have to take in consideration if it if it works for you or not. It's, uh, that's something to to think about. Yeah. So do you see? Um, I mean, do you see the mushroom farm of the future as being a lot more automated than it is now, or do you think that these new developments are about where we can get to without compromising quality of the mushrooms. Yeah, I sure think that that those new systems uh, could could work uh, also for the Australian market. But I would I would wait a little bit until they are hundred percent completed. Also with with the packaging at 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 the back end, and but I'm sure it it can work and they can find something that even if we have to touch the mushroom twice, that the quality would still be good enough. In regard to packaging. The Australian industry has been under some pressure to try to get rid of plastics out of the system as much as possible. Is this happening in other places where you're working or is that uh, something we're more concerned about than other places? Um, I, I think with all those environmental uh, issues, if you, it always starts in Europe, I think, and then it's very quickly um, in Australia. I don't know how it gets there that, that quickly, but... And then it seems to go to to the rest of the world. Uh, United States is also pretty keen on that. China a little bit less, I think, uh, and and countries in South America as well. But but also Europe, I think it's comparable with with Australia. And some of the the new um, like cardboard punnets have impact on quality of the mushroom, I would think, because they're you know they're not as ideal in terms of vapor transmission and moisture control. So. Have you have you um, had any experience with that? Um, no, not not really. I never saw that there was really a different difference in in quality control, but I don't think so. But maybe it's an it's another packaging that they use there that you use in Australia. I I don't see that much prepack in Australia, and and the ones I saw was was also still a little bit plastic. What they use for some supermarkets. So. Okay, it's uh it's just interesting comparing what we. 
what we see here with what's going on in other countries. And it's nice to know that we're at the front end of, of quality. Yeah, no, and, and looking at, at, at some farms I saw um, uh, the week I was there last week while I consulted uh, 10 days before, I did the workshop also on, 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 uh, on the farm of one of my best clients, which is uh, in Adelaide, SA Mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And um, also in Sydney, where I saw the farm, all the productions uh, looked looked also uh, pretty good as as uh, as far as as I could see, and and the quality also looked good. So yeah, it was yeah. good to see. Um, okay, well, thank you, Eric, for your time this evening, your time, and uh, and it sounds like you're a pretty regular visitor to Australia. So hopefully, we'll see you again before too long. Yeah. I will be back, but probably not this year, but beginning next year. Okay, thank you, Eric. You're welcome. All right.